Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by GymDisk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com slash welcome. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Alan Marcus, better known as Gumby in the jiu-jitsu community and owner of Heroes Martial Arts in San Jose, California. Today, Gumby talks about how to keep your business top of mind in your local area by using event marketing and networking. Without further ado, here's Gumby. My name is Alan Marcus. I'm better known as Gumby. I'm a third slash soon to be fourth degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Been training since 96, starting off and getting all my belts from Half Gracie. Um, Co-founder of On The Mat, uh, which is the first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu media source way back in 1997. And I founded my own school, Heroes Martial Arts in San Jose, California, back in 2009. Now we have two locations, maybe more to come. Awesome. Um, this is a little off off subject, but is your, is your nickname Gumby because you're like tall, or how did you get that nickname? Because I'm green, not because I'm flexible. You're flexible, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's like um, a Gumby to- like toy, like and it's funny. Like I grew up, and I'm old enough that like I'm really familiar with the the name Gumby. Um, but a lot of new generations uh, have no idea what they're talking about, or if you came from another country, you have no idea. But yeah, um, my my for- uh, my uncle, he's he loved Gumby. So I know who he is from, from, I don't, I was a nineties kid. So maybe he was still around. I, I seem to remember him being I mean, on like TV, he, but yeah, like, you know, like he was on TV, like in the sixties, I think, you know, like, or maybe even earlier than that. Like, I mean, I have like some Gumby memorabilia, like, you know, here's like a keychain with the Gumby. On yeah. It yeah. Yeah. That, that people continually give me like, <laughs> Mainly just because of the nickname and stuff like that. Yeah, Although there's really, a Monty Python really version of <laughs> yeah, a Monte Python version of a Gumby, which is a lot less flattering. Um, that not a lot of people get that reference, but yeah, I don't remember where I saw him on TV. I think he maybe just appeared in like commercials or something because it is pretty old show. But yeah, my my uncle really liked that. Really liked that um, that character. Yeah, that's really cool. Then. That's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little older. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So, um, Aaron told me that you, you've done some actually really cool stuff to promote your school before. That's, that's maybe something that other martial arts schools haven't really considered so much. And, um, I, I believe he told me that you even, you hosted, um, like an MMA fight weigh in at your, your, your academy or your gym. Was that, is that accurate or? There's been a couple of events that we held at the gym. Um, and, and, largely it's the proximity that my gym is to some major places. Um, so I am very close, probably the closest gym, um, to, uh, the San Jose arena, which has held some major shows, uh, where San Jose sharks played and stuff like that. And I'm relatively co- close to, uh, well now Bellator headquarters, but previously strike force headquarters, mm. um, like literally within a mile to from where I'm at. And I'm friends with um, many of those folks, um, 
their ex matchmaker, uh, Rich Cho is a good friend of mine. Um, so yeah, like largely proximity got them to like, you know, sometimes they've had public events. So they wanted to do weigh-ins like, Hey, can we do it at your gym? So like, you know, I had to open UFC work out there one time. Um, I've had some Bellator events there or Bellator kind of weigh-ins, um, and a couple of independent shows that were that too, but wasn't necessarily something that I sought out, uh, other than the fact that I'm out there and available. Um, and, and I'm really involved in the community and, and, uh, whatnot. And it was a beautiful space too, um, that worked itself really well to public gatherings. Awesome. So how did my, my only concern with that would be like with really big fights, you have a lot of people from out of town. Maybe I'm just, maybe this is not true at all, but did, were, were there a lot of people that, that showed up in your gym that ended up like being interested and were like it local to the area and, and were interested in signing up? Um, directly off of those, you know, a, a funny story about one of the smaller independent shows that we had had. Um, it was this one called Ascension. It was, uh, when Rich was fired from, uh, the strike force when, um, the UFC, uh, Zufa took him over so he, he can run some independent shows and he did that. So I, I, we ran the weigh-ins at my gym. And, um, one of the girls that was there for, um, a kickboxing show, uh, or for the kickboxing portion, um, wound up signing up as a jujitsu student. And not only she wound up, like she met her future husband, who's also one of my main instructors that runs one of my gyms. So, Hmm. um, I don't think you can get much more of a great story than that of somebody coming (laughs) in from that event, but Hey, we didn't really do those specifically to attract attention from that particular event. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when people come in for those MMA weigh-ins, um, they're more, I mean, like there's definitely like MMA fans that will never train jujitsu or any kind of martial arts. Like particularly if yeah. you attracted to a big name, yeah. um, you know, we've had some big names that have rolled through the gym before too. Whereas, um, you know, in jujitsu, the fandom still isn't that you're not going to be a jujitsu fan and not train for the most part. Uh, that right. may or may not be true. I hope it's not true, but I'm pretty sure that's true for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the idea is like, if you make yourself like, you have to be constantly visible within the community. You want to be known as the jujitsu gym or the martial arts gym. Cause people don't make the distinction with jujitsu, like the, the sort of like kind of uh, people at large. Uh, and it's just constant visibility on this and anything you can do that's like, low to no cost to yourself. So for me, hosting the events was really a low to no cost thing for myself um, in terms of marketing. Uh, you want to go, go ahead and do that and kind of be at the forefront of that. Um, so, you know, the, the weigh-ins and, the, and that MMA events were really cool, but not everybody has like strike force a mile away from them. Right? Yeah. Or, or like the UFC is like the hotel that the fighters stay at is literally within walking distance of my place. So like, you know, like I have some major connections there, but everybody can think of certain things to get involved in the community uh, and, and bring them in. Like I'm more proud. I more, more or less proud of like, we've done a lot of charity events and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, in terms of putting it out there that like, you know, if, if there's a self-defense concern or if there's a safety concern, it's like, Hey, we're here, we're a safe spot. You know, we can, um, I have some feelings about self-defense summers in general, like, you know, the one shot off things, but at least going out there and putting a seed in place, people's head and giving them some information. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've also as a community done some benefits seminars. Some of them, um, 
for things that were abroad. Like, you know, we did a big seminar for uh, Haiti um, when they had their first humanitarian crisis. They've had a number yeah. of them there, which was really cool because we, we brought in a lot of not only like attention to and raise a lot of money for the cause, we brought in a lot of the jiu-jitsu community, a lot of different schools. Right. For our area, it was like the first big super seminar, whereas like potentially rival academies came together and, and they shared the mat. And um, a few other events like that. I'm trying to think of other things that we've done. Um, you know, we've opened up our space, like our, our neighborhood has like a street fair. So we participate wow. on that on a regular basis. Uh, we've even had musicians and poets and, and comedians come in um, that were, they were just looking for a venue space. I'm like, yeah, use our space. I'm like, cool. Like, <laughs> you can use that. So <laughs> That's um, really interesting. I wouldn't even have thought of doing something like that. But it, we have such an unusual, at least our first location, uh, our main location has such an unusual area, such an unusual block um, that we got to do that type of stuff. And it's just, you know, go out there. You know, the advice on that is go out there, be involved in the community, be a good neighbor. You know, I don't always look for the immediate return on what I get back on that. But the cumulative yeah. effect of continually do that type of stuff, you know, at least gets you out in the eye. Like, you know, you never know what the connections you get from that are. Yeah, the you know, it's that I guess it's just because I have this marketing background. So I'm like, what is the direct return on the event? But you're you're really right that there's an indirect, you're doing something that's gonna actually probably gonna last longer. It's a longer game because you 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 maybe you don't get anyone from you know like a poetry uh reading at your school, but those people are gonna remember, hey, they this place let us like have this venue so we could do this. And when somebody in their radius is interested in martial arts or they need martial arts, or they need some sort of fitness related service, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, dude, uh, I was at this nice facility and, uh, heroes martial arts. So you should, you should check that out. And people usually, you know, whatever it is that, that, that was put in their head by somebody that re they recommended it to them, that's usually where they go. That's like, they don't even do any other research. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's really true. It's like thinking outside of the box. And it's like, you know, if you're, if you're just going after, you know, obviously MMA fans would be a, a great source and like they seem like the real potential audience to come in there. But yeah, I actually have attracted a number of artists and folks that you never think would have been like prone to do jujitsu or anything like that over the years. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really kind of proud of that. And it's just like, you know, it, it's constant, like thinking outside of the box, whatever connections I can make with the community, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to make those connections. Yeah, for sure. And you, you get, you get like a reputation of supporting the arts, for example, or supporting the local sports scene. So those are, those are all really, um, great, I guess, connotations to have attached to your brand name in the community. You mentioned something that was really interesting, like charity events. Can you, how, how did you set up those charity events? How did you run them and um, promote them even so that, so that enough people showed up for it to be successful? Uh, well, the, uh, the seminars that we did and there's been super seminars before and like I've, I've participated in them mm -hmm. that you get a bunch of instructors from rival areas to come or, or, or a bunch of different st studios to come. Yeah. Uh, and in that sense, they go ahead and kind of like people are going to bring their own students and stuff like that. There. Mm -hmm. So like if you involve a couple of schools, like obviously not the entire school is going to come in, but like if you involve a bunch of people and they bring their audience and stuff like that, um, 
that'll um, that'll build you up. And then that, depending on the cause that you have, that'll also bring in an audience that you have too. So I mentioned like the Haiti seminar we did, which was pretty significant. A lot of people that went to that from the instructor standpoint said that because, you know, in my area, Northern California, at the time that I threw that, like, you know, um, I, I've been involved in this 25 years and jiu-jitsu in general. Like I remember kind of the old gang warfare mentality. Um, <laughs> it really was a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like and some of these guys are my best friends right now and we laugh about it, but it was serious business back in the day. Um, and, and a lot of the generation I'm at, like we, we try not to have that. We try to be a little more open, but I think that seminar, like the fact we invited, it was like, okay, we can put our rivalries aside. We have a good cause on this, mm-hmm. uh, that we can kind of come together on. And, um, and move to a better cause um, was a big thing right there. So there was, um, so in that sense, at least the first one that we did, because it was such a weird time that we came from was a big thing for the instructors. Like now, now, like now that the first one's broken, like they're always cool when these ones happen again, like, you know, there's other various causes that will occasionally do those for like, you know, I don't think you can do too many of those. Like, you know, people Mm -hmm. get a little bit, uh, burnt out on that, so to speak, like, you know, yeah. super seminars and whatnot. Like, so like the first one was special and the second one, while important was a little bit less special and just kind of goes down the road that way. Um, but sometimes like, you know, the cause is like enough to kind of, okay, we got to go ahead and we, we should do something. And sometimes the cause, um, will attract, um, from other avenues. I can think of one that we did, uh, it was the Philippines, uh, typhoon, uh, or hurricane. Uh, mm. I don't know if it's technically called whatever in the Pacific. I think it's technically a typhoon. There was a large loss, loss of life. Well, yeah. here in the Bay area, there's a huge Filipino population and a, a good percentage of my students are Filipino. So we threw that. And of course, you know, the, the community, particularly the Filipino community is grateful enough that a lot of Filipinos showed up, uh, that don't necessarily train. Um, although they might've had a connection to somebody that did train, like, you know, your cousin, brother, sister, whatever happened to train. So it's like, you know, you couldn't talk him to coming to the gym beforehand just for its own sake, but then they came in for the Filipino seminar that we did. Cool. Do you do, do you do ones that like you do it like once a year, like it's one of those things that, that one of those issues that your school is just about and then you 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 help out with it or throw it like every year because i i know that some schools have done that before they have like you know like anti-bully or a hospital or some sort of cause and they 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 help fundraise with a certain event like once a year uh, no, we really haven't done that and it's not to say that there's not like tons of worthy causes out there mm-hmm. um in some ways, when it comes to scheduling, like, you know, the focus of the gym is, and as much as I, time as I spend thinking about running gym and marketing and stuff like that, it's still a jiu-jitsu gym. So like yeah. my priorities tend to be towards training and, and, and being on the mat and whatnot. So, um, you know, if an opportunity presents itself, then I'll go after it, I'll work with it and stuff like that. But 
I, I don't have this like, oh, this is the year. This is the thing I'm going to do. This is the time of the year. Like, you know, I barely remember when the major holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm actually proud of myself this year because I actually made an announcement a week beforehand on Thanksgiving. It's like, you know, yo, we're actually closed that night. We might have an open mat during the day. <laughs> Usually what happens on these holidays, because like I literally never like Christmas Day is literally the only day that we're not open. But it's usually Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Somebody asks me for open the next day. And like I barely know what day of the week it is at that point. It's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Right. I should uh, do something about that. So, <laughs> yeah, that I can be the same way with my mind. Oh, no. Oh, it's it's holiday time. <laughs> you get you get just stuck one track mining on what you're doing. Especially I, I had a little Taekwondo club several years ago and um, you're just so into the day to day of it all the time that everything else kind of falls away. But do you have, do you have any tips for people that, that, that want to run the put set up a, a charity event? Anything that you could, that, that comes to mind? Um, I think the big thing is um, like anything else, talk to a lot of people, like you know, invite a lot of people. Um, you know, there's much about the community um, as about, um, and, and making people feel good and belonging and, and, and feeling that they can make some kind of impact as it is the charity themselves. Um, so, you know, I hate to put it this way, like, you know, we're, we're doing like the, the money we raised for like any of these causes is important, but it's kind of a drop in the bucket compared to anything else. It's the, the mm-hmm. awareness and the, and again, the community aspect and whatnot. And like I said, you know, invite everybody that you can on that like you know invite every single school like you know like give it give everybody their equal shot like you know again it's a good thing that kind of is like there's something that's above us at this point there's something that we can kind of come in together and, and do and show um that we're able to, to unite for a better cause and stuff like that and then like if you come in with those kind of intentions and, and if you involve the community uh really only good can come out of that. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say that the charity itself doesn't matter because it clearly does. Um, you know, you pick something that's close to your heart and it's close to everybody on this. Uh, but realize it's as much of a celebration for us um, as much as it is a charitable cause on that. And like mm-hmm. I said, if you, if you go that way, you'll, you'll never go wrong with that. Nice. Cool. So you, 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 you mentioned about inviting, just talk to as many people as you can invite them. I mean, for something like that to work, you've, you've got to have an extensive network. I imagine. Do you, do you have tips for building a network? I mean, we've kind of, you're close by these, these big events, sort of promotions and stuff like that, but are there any other habits you've engaged in as a martial arts school owner to build that network in your community like deeply or, or, or wide? So I can answer that in two ways. First of all, going back to the, the charity seminars and stuff like that, I'm next to some very large martial arts schools and some very large and successful jiu-jitsu schools. Mm-hmm. And, and we could be bitter rivals about this, but I really mm-hmm. try not to be. It's like, you know, um, th- there's a study like, you know, with like Starbucks putting things on every corner. It's like, you know, you can have one coffee shop on a corner, but actually two coffee shops in the same neighborhood, 10 mm-hmm. feet off each other and, and, and build each other. And like, I really kind of look at that, that, you know, like I don't see these guys as competitors. Like, you know, I really hope 
I genuinely hope they all do well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we might even compete for students in the traditional sense, but I also kind of look at as we have a different vibe from each other. There's something that makes each of us different. Um, you know, like I hope people wind up in the correct spot, like, you know, to, to them, like, you know, someplace mm-hmm. that makes them happy. Um, so like, I've always tried to kind of maintain those relationships to the best I can w- with my neighbors and the folks that are around me. Like, you know, I'm happy to call most of the, uh, the competing schools around here, friends mm-hmm. of mine. And, and I'm happy to like, you know, discuss things or give them advice. Or if I, if I see something that comes up, that's bigger, that might affect all of us, I'll try to make contacts with them and, and put it out that way. Um, so like, you know, if there's a bigger event in that sense, um, it's easier to make that phone call. It was like, Hey, like you guys should come on out and we should kind of support that event. But you know, th- that's one of the big things is having that attitude. It's like, you know, the rising tide carries all bulk. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to make sense to have one school that's humongous and a bunch of small schools around. It's like, you know, I want a bunch of humongous schools, like, and at any rate, like for the size that most jujitsu academies are like, and I don't even like, you know, like I'm, I'm a population, San Jose is like the 10th largest city in the country, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a million plus population just within San Jose, not counting how this whole tribe, the city, Bay Area thing works out. It's like, no, yeah. I can't teach a million students. Like, you know, there's, there's still room for like a lot of other studios and stuff like that. So like, I, I genuinely want a lot of success for everybody. And, and I think that's a big component of, you know, I, I generally want to be successful myself, obviously, but like, you got to see everybody else succeed on this too. Or like, you know, um, or, you know, at the very least you have to be, um, involved in that community. Mm-hmm. And then there's the second part of this is the community that is outside of the jiu-jitsu community. Um, in the sense that as much as I want to see everybody succeed, like I'm still going out there and putting myself out as the jiu-jitsu guy in, in San Jose. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, being involved in your neighborhood, your community, the business community, uh, a bit of local politics, if you were. Um, And it wasn't initially my intent when I did this, believe me, like I just wanted to run a school and just be and just Mm -hmm. focus on being on the mat and rolling around. Um, But like I've been gotten involved in various um, things to the point where there's a San Jose Downtown Association. um, Mm right now i'm in downtown san jose obviously um or at least one of my locations is and um i'm about to take over the presidency of that next year and it's a pretty big organization in the sense that i think at least two of the past presidents of that have gone on to be mayor of san jose um so like i'm pretty heavily involved in the uh the kind of the community of San Jose at large in that way, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of like this slow trickle of getting into there. And again, part of that's being a good neighbor um, that I want to be involved in the community. I want to see San Jose, my city succeed. And I want to do what I can about that. And, you know, there's, you know, in, in terms of influence, like, you know, there's either time or money. And it's like, you know, as a martial arts, most martial arts ones, I don't have like the same amount of dollars to throw at things that, I'm in the Silicon Valley. There's people that have way more money than I have in here. Yeah. Um, but I, but I can do this with like hustle and, and being out there, you know, putting my face out there, being involved with that. And you can actually get similar influence uh, to, to the folks that, or the groups, the organizations or the businesses, whatever, just by being out there and being part of that community. And I think that's so important, you know, especially uh, how the pandemic played out and obviously a lot of places were shut down. A lot of uh, crucial business decisions were coming in. So like, you know, you could be, you know, uh, how do I put this? 
which was a tough time for all of us, including myself, uh, for lots of different reasons, particularly being here in California. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really count the fact that I was heavily involved in that community and heavily, heavily involved in those areas beforehand that helped me navigate through what was going on uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that I was already kind of in the forefront. I was already kind of outspoken. You know, here I am as the martial arts guy, as the small business owner out there and like, you know, and you know, the one that's looking to, to, to make my community and whatnot better. So well, there's a point where it's, you know, you know, aside from being selfless, there's a selfish portion on that. It's like, well, I need to do this to make sure that things are in a favorable climate to myself, or at least yeah. I have to feel like I have the ability to, to at least make my voice heard, heard or, or at least I have to have the ability that like, I at least tried to do all this stuff. Yeah. Self-advocacy, <laughs> which is yeah, an, an important life skill. Hopefully that, um, that uh, martial artists have, have learned by the time they're, they become school owners <laughs> that you do have to speak up for yourself because it's, I, you know, on a certain scale of, of, um, you know, I'm reaching for the word, but it's, to make sure that you don't get run over and bullied, you know, by the, by the, the climate of, you know, the local climate towards businesses and your, your business in particular. But you, you, what you had done there is you would, you also had built this trust with the people in your community and you, you were a name that was kind of known beforehand. And so your, your voice carried weight. Yeah, it's the same type of credibility as like, you know, you start off as a, a white belt and you like, you know, you, you work hard and diligently, but like, you know, as you go up through the ranks, you get a certain level of authority and trust and and, and whatnot, and like, you know, and confidence in your own ability. So, you know, like I started off this academy in 2009 as basically a white belt school owner and, um, and not a white belt business owner because I've had other ones before, but mm-hmm. um yeah, then you you don't know what you don't know until you 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 find out, I guess. Mm-hmm. But but by constantly willing to go out and put yourself out, constantly willing to kind of expound your boundaries and grow and talk to people is um, really important. Um, really important. Like you know, right. but it pays if if it does. It, you know, if you don't look at the fact that it pays dividends down the road, it's like you know when the uh, blankety blank hits the fan, it's like you want to be one of the people that that gets called on or people turn to. Uh, like, you know, like they're looking for input and stuff like so. Well, I've been mm-hmm. putting my input in all this time. Um, now let's see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did, were you like systematic in how you built those relationships outside of the jujitsu community? Like you're, you're going to be like up on the, the president, you said that the president of the downtown association, downtown association. Yeah. So you, were you systematic um, about how you you built those relationships, or are they more based around certain interests you already had, or how did you approach that? I mean, it was more on the interest of like, you know, initially when I was asked to be on that board, which is some years ago, it was like over a parking issue that was in my neighborhood, hmm. and then realizing there's like, hey, there's there's different opinions out there, and I better put my opinion out there, and uh, I better make my voice heard because if I don't make my voice heard on this. I might not like the outcome and that's always been kind of slightly negative tip, but that's the way I always kind of put it out there. It's like, you know, I, I like, I want to be one of the voices at the table. So, mm-hmm. um, again, there, there got to be kind of working into that. Like, you know, it's been some years in the working that I've been going through and doing this type of stuff, uh, for a while, but it was largely kind of that self-advocacy, like where it came out to, 
Yeah. Um, which, which stems from the fact that again, like even before that self-advocacy and, and joining any kind of organization like that, I, there was a real need to like, um, you know, like in just terms of marketing terms and stuff like that, you want to mm. be out there, you want to be a good neighbor, you want to know folks on this, you want to find the most effective ways to do that. Um, so that was always kind of, um, that was always part of the game plan since day one. Like I know I had to do that. It's like, I don't necessarily know what the best way to do something is. Um, I, 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 I try to figure out what's the best for me at that particular time and then weigh the pros and cons of how much energy and time and whatnot that I have to put into that. Because obviously I say all this, but my first priority is still the quality of what goes on on the mat. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I, I don't do this to be a politician or anything like this. I do yeah. this so I can essentially be left alone and be training and be happy that way. Like that's what right. my ultimate goal is just right. like to run a good school. It's just, there's all these other things that go into having to run that school and, and the networking or like, you know, school, like when I say school being in the business of this, um, all that networking gets really important at that point. The fact that you would go out there, like it just, again, it goes back to like what I originally said way back at the beginning of this. It's just like, it's just like, you never know where those are going to pay off when you go out and do stuff. Mm -hmm. But, but at the same time, like I said, it wasn't, it was calculated that I do that. It wasn't calculated. This is the game plan. Like I can't sell a seminar course out there. It's like, this is how I, I went from here to here. Yeah. Your situation is going to be different. Like, you know, it's like, I just knew how to take advantage of the opportunities that were in front of me, which is really a jiu-jitsu <laughs> mindset anyways. Right. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you know what your ultimate goal is in some ways, but you don't know the exact path you'll take to get there. It's like you're, you're trained to assess your situation very well at that point and, and, and choose the option, um, make the course of action that's the most prudent at that time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, again, never forgetting what you're trying to do, um, what your ultimate goal is, what you're trying to get to right there. So you do have to kind of balance out. Like you do have to be willing to say no to certain things and like, you know, your time is valuable. Like, you know, I got X amount of hours in a day. Like yeah. it's the same, it's the one resource that everybody gets the exact same amount of. So like, you just have to be careful about how you craft it and spend it. Absolutely. So, um, I am curious when you do events, especially ones that are hosted at your facility, they see the logo, they see the facility. If you're there, you're wearing your gear, that kind of stuff. Are there other ways that you capitalize on those events, like business cars, brochures, anything that maybe is asked for an action from them? You know, like I found like in my area, and it's funny now that I have two schools, they, they really operate differently in terms of the marketing mm -hmm. and, and, what people want. So like the downtown location, you know, San Jose, capital of Silicon Valley, like, you know, whatever's around us right there, you know, generally speaking, everybody has like a, a an expensive smartphone that comes in there. They want kind of the digital information. Um, you need a short URL or something that's easy for them to be able to type in. Yeah. Uh, you know, at most, like I'll give you a business card and then it's like people like, okay, I can log in and, and, and find out everything here. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they, they very rarely want, takeaways or anything like that. Like, you know, like QR codes, um, which I'm not great at are a little bit more of a thing, but I think like just a good old fashioned website, mm -hmm. something that people can log on on a mobile phone for a good thing. Yeah. I have a second location in East side San Jose. Um, and then things that you can take away, put in your hand, uh, are much more valuable there. Like, you know, so East side San Jose is, um, a little bit more, how shall we say, old school, um, yeah. a little more like you now traditionally ethnic, um, um, 
there's a few things going on at the east side of San Jose. So most of the folks like actually want something they can put it on their hand. Like, you know, they may or may not have the ability to, to go ahead. And like, I'm sure all of them have cell phones and with browsers on there too, but they're not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to have something physical to hand them at that point. Um, and they'll take it out. Like, you know, uh, I did, um, a, a mailer campaign like in downtown San Jose one time, uh, to put things out. I, I got zero response off of it. Like wow. it was just, it was money not well spent. At all. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, whereas I did the same, virtually the same thing, or the same idea, the same flyers and stuff like that. When I opened up my East Side location, had a much better response on that. Fortunately, my grand opening was March. It was supposed to, slated to be March 2020 at that location. So you can mm-hmm. imagine, like that grand opening got delayed by quite some time, right. uh, given the pandemic. But at least the response was better because, like I said. In, in that neighborhood, like people needed to have something in their hand. They needed something physical that they can go ahead and, and show to the front desk over there. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting. This it just goes to show like, and even in my experience, like what happens and what works well in one school doesn't necessarily work well in the other. You just have to really know your audience and pay attention to this type of stuff. Do you, do you so you do similar stuff like that for your events uh, or you don't like, I don't, I'm not sure what the, view around that would be, for example, for a charity event, like, but if you did something like a, a fun event, I think nobody would mind, but do you have any, anything available, either a website or a piece of literature when you do a charity event? Or is it mostly just people um, from the jujitsu community? That, it's, that come it's, to it's mostly people from the jujitsu community. So it'd be a little bit okay. funny to like advertise in that sense. I mean, like everybody's in there is already sold. It's yeah. like, um, I mean, they kind of be poaching know, like, it, poaching from at that point. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of that, but like, you know, it's my territory right there. So it's not Mm -hmm. really poaching. Like, even though like, you know, I have schools are within like a mile or two of mine. Yeah. Like, you know, we're definitely closer to that. So like, yeah, the the charity events are a little bit different in that sense. But like I said, it's the constant kind of like visibility and people hear that name. It's like, oh, I know Mm -hmm. that for, because you had this event or like, we see your guys, the merchandise around here. Like I drove by there or or whatever. It's just like, it's just constant, constant just going out there and doing that and, and being out there and uh, putting yourself out there that way. Cool. Awesome. Um, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm out of questions. That's okay. Yeah. That was, I think that was a good one. I think it's a lot of really, really useful advice for how to, how to build your network and, and approach events in a way that's kind of authentic. And, um, Based around, for example, with the charity events, definitely based around helping the cause first, um, and but in a way that can can also help your business. So, yeah, I appreciate it's, it's like I said, it's that constant thing there. Yeah. I can tell you, I've had some failures on this too, and like you know, yeah. failures that people wouldn't have expected on this that you thought would have, you know, been able to attract and whatnot more people. So, um, and you learn from those too. Yeah, um, for sure. Do you, you would know, you mind to, would you um, mind going into those failures and oh yeah I was about to that? tell yeah. a story of that yeah I, I not a failure in that sense but you know I got to throw the one jujitsu event that was sponsored by the IOC the International Olympic Committee wow <laughs> yeah which, like like which barely anybody showed up for um, believe it or not it, it, is any theories on why nobody showed up well. Um, 
So the story behind this is aside from like, you know, like I'm in a really unusual territory in the sense that like, you know, like I mentioned, like the high level MMA that happens to be down the street from me. Mm -hmm. I also happen to be next to some really high level judo and like, you know, that world too. I'm friends with Mm -hmm. a lot of guys in that organization. So the U.S. Open of judo or the senior nationals, like probably the biggest American event was being thrown literally across the street from me. And at that time, Judo was interested, or the powers that be in judo were interested in being a little bit more involved in the jiu-jitsu world. They were trying to get a little bit more crossover and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And because, again, I'm out there and they knew me and they knew what my experience level was, they asked me if I would run like a jiu-jitsu portion to go along with the senior nationals of judo. Yeah. Um, But like, because they wanted to be careful, they wanted distinction distinction on this, um, I had to spell jiu-jitsu J-U j-i-t-s-u i couldn't spell it brazilian jiu-jitsu in that way uh, so as much as i marketed it and like you know said that i was behind it um people didn't understand that it was it was really a brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament i just had to change the name on that and that name change threw a lot of people off yeah um so that tournament turned out to be much smaller than it could have should have been on that case um, and it was never more than a, um, like it wasn't something that i was expecting like even though it was ioc sanctioned which is it's kind of a big deal, I think. Yeah. Um, um, it wasn't something like it was more of a local tournament. I didn't think I was going to attract anybody from out of town with that mm-hmm. one. Um, but it was like, you know, that was such a cool opportunity if it worked out that I would have, um, yeah, like, you know, like I couldn't turn that one down. So the turnout was a bit low on that. Although the ultimate, um, you know, it was like kind of showing the judo community how a jiu-jitsu tournament could be run. But ultimately, like, you know, whether mine was a success or not, I think the ultimate reason why I didn't go forward with that is San Jose didn't get the bid to continue doing the senior nationals. Mm -hmm. Um, So it moved on to someplace else. The people I was involved with lost their involvement with that. And then as the trickle-down effect, I didn't get it. Um, But, like, I thought that was a really cool opportunity. Like, that was, like, kind of one, like, if if I had ways of doing things differently... Um, uh, there's definitely ways I would have done things differently on that. Uh, but it was a lesson learned on in a few cases on that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sounds really f- similar to like knowing, knowing your audience that you're promoting to like same with downtown versus the other, the other location that you have where the, the downtown location is like very oriented towards like a easy website. Whereas the other people, they really want something they can hold in their hands. With this, it's like you spelled it a certain way, and the people just couldn't get quite quite past the way it was spelled, and they didn't 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 take the plunge to show up to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, it was it was strange, but it's like sometimes it's like it just goes. So sometimes the the little thing you don't think is a big deal turns out to be a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Are there any, are are there any other fun stories like that where you've you've learned a lesson from? Well, I'm like, I'm sure there's tons of them. Like, I'm trying to think of a specific one off the top of my head right now. That was one that I was like kind of sharing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you know, you do these things and again, like you, you see what your time investment is on this and uh, and your financial investment, if any, on there. Um, and then you make the calculation whether it's worth it for you to do it and what's your risk level. And, mm-hmm. you know. If the risk, uh, if the reward outweighs the risk, then you go ahead and do that. And sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail, but you know, just like anything else is you can't be afraid of like having a, um, 
a, a failure or one that doesn't go according to plans. Like, yeah. you know, there's always like kind of that positive thing. that's like, well, I, I learned something off this. I got a little bit of attention as long as, as long as you, you, you try and you treat people well, like, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that I, that I've had is as long, as long as you treat people well, you'll always eventually be okay. Like, you know, like yeah. if the second that you do not treat people well, if you go against your own code of ethics on this, um, you know, like you get into this panic situation, you only make things worse and, and reputations, everything does like, you know, people will forgive, uh, a mistake out of ignorance. They won't forgive a mistake out of bad ethics. Yeah. Um, they, they just won't. Yeah. That's great to keep in mind. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Um, well, you can come find me on the mats in downtown San Jose at Heroes Martial Arts with our website being heroesma.com. Okay. Um, you can also find out a bit more about me about my original website that was launched in 97 on the mat.com. Mm -hmm. Um, although I haven't done a whole lot with that recently, there might be a comeback in the uh, brewing with that. Cool. Um, yeah, those are the best ways to find me. <laughs> awesome. Did you used to have an on the mat podcast? There was an on the map podcast, so but it was actually run by two guys. I never actually appeared on that particular web uh, podcast. I've been okay. on bluntly a lot of podcasts before. I was involved with um, most of the major jiu-jitsu ones at some point, mm -hmm. or a lot of major jiu-jitsu ones at some point. Like no, to the point where I was multiple time guest on some. But cool. Um, the on the, like ironically enough, the on the map web uh, podcast. So the one that we label as that, I was never on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> cool well thank you for coming on man maybe we'll do this again sometime yeah, thanks for having me it was uh, my pleasure josh mm -hmm.